You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. Have you ever looked at a green wall on the side of a skyscraper or a rooftop garden and wondered how do I get into this sort of plant work? In this episode, I speak with a couple of people that are working in green infrastructure and can speak about opportunities within their organisations, as well as the wider green infrastructure sector of horticulture and landscaping. Morgan Atchell is the Maintenance Manager for Junglify, a green infrastructure company based in New South Wales with projects around the country. And Ali Jackson is the Landscape Operations Manager for Sky Gardens Group, another green infrastructure company based in Sydney. Stick around to the end of the episode to learn about a new career pathway for those bored with landscaping on the horizontal plane, why the perfect candidates for these jobs don't exist yet, and what your life would look like working at heights. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. So, Morgan, let's start off with you. I'd like to know a little bit about Junglify, and can you tell us about the types of work that you perform and the clients that you serve? Yeah, for sure. So I uh, guess just to start with Junglefy proper, um, Junglefy is a green infrastructure company. Uh, we've been in operation since 2009 uh, and we're one of Australia's leading innovators in nature-based solutions. So uh, this is building our, our green walls, which many people are familiar with, uh, as well as green roofs, green facades and some indoor landscaping projects as well. Uh, and those those projects are large, small. Uh, we're operating uh, some very large-scale uh, facade projects right down to some uh, private residential walls in, in people's backyards. Okay. So it sounds like developers, uh, even domestic just gardens, and would you also work for council too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you've nailed it. Uh, a lot of our uh, clients are those large-scale developers, Lendley's, Fraser's, Mervac, uh, and then some government agencies as well. So we've got some projects with Transport for New South Wales and, and local councils across Sydney as well. So what about you, Ali? Can you tell us a little bit about Sky Gardens Group and the clients that you serve? Yeah, Sky Gardens Group uh, formed about 18 months ago, two years ago, to um, go for the maintenance contract on One Central Park. So we are a combo of green facade, green infrastructure and rope access um, companies that have come together to form in order to um, yeah win this contract. So we work at One Central Park, which is right now is our uh, main maintenance contract. Uh, we are maintaining the facades of the building, both the vertical and the horizontal facades. Um, we're also vying for new work with various companies uh, to do installations, um, green infrastructure, work on, it's all mostly bespoken custom built work that involves plants that need to clad buildings walls. Our stakeholders here are Fraser's, um, a body corporate that involves building managers and owners. We're also vying for work with companies like Landlease, uh, Western Earth Moving, uh, Taronga Zoo. It's keeping us pretty busy at the moment. <laughs> I'd like to open the floor up now for both of you to discuss this, but it sounds like the types of work that you're doing isn't exactly what someone like me who comes from, you know, just basic landscape maintenance in you know domestic and parks and gardens settings that's not really what I'd be used to is it what we're doing is we're taking you from the horizontal plane as a horticulturalist to the vertical plane 
um, of course, it becomes a lot more involved um, in terms of the soil media, the way that we're irrigating, um, and then occasionally the plant choice. But really, um, you're, you have a couple of other things to think about. You, if you're on ropes, you're very high off the ground. Uh, you are making sure you don't drop a single thing as you work um, on plants. But you're still maintaining, you're still planting. Um, that's how it works for us at Sky Gardens Group. How about you, Morgan? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, everything you've said there is accurate. Uh, you are taking a relatively simple system uh, that's at ground level and, and complicating it, making things narrower and, and lighter, <laughs> and changing all every every little component of of a garden system to put it in these vertical spaces. So, uh, and then obviously, as you say, Ali, the access and and the maintenance of that work uh, of those projects then becomes relatively complicated. Yeah. So it's it's just like it sounds like really you know it's everything we've learned in TAFE and or at university. It is the horticultural art and science, but then there's this whole other aspect of you know you're having to navigate vertical walls with ropes and climbing and stuff like that. Absolutely. As a as a horticulturist, I always dreamt of being an arborist because you could climb trees. But then, you know, my wrists. Uh, started getting a lot of pain in them, which I've worked out since is due to a slipped disc in my neck. But, you know, what about mm. someone like me? Mm. Would I be able to get on that harness and sort of climb or would my wrists get me, you know, basically kick me out of the system? At Sky Gardens Group, you have to go through a medical before you can jump on ropes. And usually too, these, this isn't for, um, you can start and usually with rope, te- with rope techs, they have levels that they work through. Usually they've come from a rock climbing, a really sporty outdoor background where they use their bodies as a tool and their strength is um, innate. So it's not for someone who, you know, likes to play video games and do very little else. You have to have a physicality that that is fit and healthy. And then you need to be really smart with your positioning and the way that you work so that you're body aware and you don't hurt yourselves because your body is, a, is as much, it's the most important tool that you have and that we get to employ when we have you working for us. Um it ha- you have to be taking care of it. It's there's no mm. other way to do it. What about you, Morgan? Is that the same at Jungle Fire? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we also have the ropes team, so everything that Ali sort of said there is 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 very accurate for those for, for the members of that team. Uh, very physically intensive work, uh, very big focus on safety, and it is important that. Um, People are fit and healthy to do that job effectively. Uh, we do also have at Jungle Fire because we have that sort of uh, broader range of projects with our green roofs and, and indoor plantscaping. Uh, we don't have quite those really severe limitations on people's physical physical abilities. So uh, I guess there is a bit more flexibility on that on that side of our our, our projects and our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still not to give a false impression. It is still very uh, physically intensive work, and it is it is yeah. It's hard work, as everything in horticulture mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except for the design. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. The not anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the designing. Yeah, the designing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, but really it's nothing that anyone, I don't think anyone who chooses horticulture isn't already a yeah. fit person. So I think that, um, yeah, it's a continuation of that. Yeah. So do you have to be a little bit crazy to get on the ropes, do you think? I would say, do you have to be a little bit crazy to work in horticulture? <laughs> Full stop. Daniel. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that safety is paramount. So it's one of the most, uh, it's an industry where we're being, we're so conscious of the yeah. risk that you, um, you have, 
you can't slip up. Mm. We have to be paying attention. So um, the the crazier you are, the less likely I want <laughs> you on my team. I think that you need to have a head that is really, really um, switched on. You think about your environment. You think about the people around you. Um, you, you know, double-check things. I, I, To me, I just feel like you have to be really conscious that every day you're walking out into an environment that can be really dangerous mm. and um, and so do that sensibly. I think it's great that you're really reiterating the safety aspect because I think anybody listening who is open to a green infrastructure job is certainly looking at the safety aspect. That is absolutely paramount. I mean, it's not inherently mm. safe what you're doing. You're scaling these massive buildings with a harness and that takes you know brains and it takes guts. Sure. And the systems that are set up prior to you even arriving also then need to be safe and mm. need to be um, conscious of the fact that people are going to be dangling off them. I think that if we go, if we actually talk about green infrastructure, for me and Morgan probably um, has this experience too, is that the people who are designing these buildings um, that then have to, we then have to come in and maintain them. The safety element has to be pre-thought. Mm at the design stage it isn't something that is, is being retrofitted. These things need to be considered by designers and that's actually where I think the education needs to come from us in working in green infrastructure now is that people who are designing these things need to really think through how these buildings are going to be maintained over their longevity, their, their entire lifespan, which should, you know, be between 30, 50, 100 years if they're really well built. Mm. Um, how, what are we doing at that, at that point? That's what I. That's my question for designers. Yeah, and and you're 100 right. I mean, I I am seeing with with a lot of these new projects that are coming on online, Ali. That uh, you're absolutely right. That is our role. Mm. That's that's what we're learning as an industry over the last few years. Um, a lot of these mm. projects, when they were first sort of were built, were you know uh, very conceptual and 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 abstract. People didn't really know how to to put these projects together. And I think um, both yeah. the experience across the industry and also just active innovation. On behalf of those people working in that industry, we are getting there. I'm seeing a lot of these new projects uh, are considering longevity in these projects, are considering access, and are sort of more and more willing to provide what the plans and what the workers actually need to keep these projects looking amazing as they're, you know, in, into infinity as they're sort of intended to be. So as an industry, we're definitely getting there. Yeah. Yeah, great. I think back to back to your question as well, Daniel. I don't know that people need to be crazy. <laughs> um, it's, Probably you don't want that, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like Ali says, uh, but we definitely do want uh, passion, passion from our people. It is, uh, as we sort of covered, it is a very different industry than traditional horticulture. It is you're taking all of that sort of knowledge and experience that you get on the ground and applying it to these vertical spaces, uh, and it does. They are inherently complicated and niche systems that you're dealing with. So. Uh, passion and a, and a constant desire to sort of learn the intricacies of those those systems is is definitely what I'm looking for, and I think yeah, as an industry, sort of the people that we're we're yes. appealing to and recruiting. I agree, Morgan, one hundred percent. People need to care. Mm. That's who I want to work yeah. with. Yeah, people who can have fun too. Like I think for someone. You know, for some people that scaling the wall, that's just too much. It's like terrifying. And then for another type of person, that's a real fun and it's exhilaration. And it's like every day they're being an athlete, basically. Yeah, it's what what appealed to me when getting into this job in this industry was it's, you know, you can take horticulture, which is such a satisfying job and and way to spend your time. uh, And then you can sort of scale it up to the nth degree by 
putting it in these spaces. And so, it's, you know, it's the extreme end of horticulture at the moment, which is a very fun, fun place to be. So true. I don't get to wear harnesses very much. I, um, I, I love fitness and I'm all about it, but it's not, I'm, I'm way past jumping on ropes at this stage in my life. Um, so I'm enjoying managing these spaces. But, the, but I, when I do get to put on a harness, if I'm doing any working safely at Heights work and I get to put on a harness, I get to walk around with the rest of my gang who look incredible roped up in all of their harness stuff. I feel really cool. Like I feel yeah. like an amazing movie star. Yeah. And, these, and these people, like, there's, I, I completely admire what my crew do. Like they are it's so it makes gardening so much more exciting and i already think gardening is exciting but like this is just next level um yeah they're really they're very very clever people and they have to think about <laughs> like just having to add the added complication of ropes and not tying and oh, <laughs> it's just yeah it's really great yeah you wouldn't want to drop one down like how high are the buildings by the way that you guys are working on uh one central park is um, 130 meters at its yeah. highest. Dropped objects is a really serious <laughs> thing. You can't drop objects on people. It's like you report it to Safe Work New South Wales. Yeah. It's um, it's a bad process to get embroiled in. So yeah, you do your darndest not to drop anything. Yeah, you wouldn't even want to drop a coin, let alone a pair of secateurs or, God forbid, a hedge trimmer or something like that. Oh my god, that idea is terrifying. <laughs> do you just like? Does that just keep you up all night thinking about that? No, no, thankfully not. <laughs> Still go to sleep, but it should. It should keep me up all night. But the whole thing is like everything's tethered. Like we've got we've yeah. got tethers, which is a rope between a safe pot point on our harness attached to a tool, so it can't come off. And that's been pre-thought about. That's also the other thing about this work that the reason why it's so much more skilled and it take it, it and it costs more to maintain these buildings. It costs more to use these skills. Is that it takes double one point five times to double the time it would take to do a normal gardening task it takes to do when you're up on a rope so um yeah it's really it's hard yeah, yeah and then when you get in the territory of replacing plants and, and getting green waste off these sort of projects obviously that just that blows out even further you, you're mm. talking about lifting big heavy green bags and taking replacement plants to mm. all sorts of extreme locations so mm. yeah Ali's right it is it's a lot of complicating factors in there and filling in potting mix and manures and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, it all gets all gets trickier. Mm. Yeah. Can't imagine. And the tricky the, the the tricky side is the fun side. That's what keeps it interesting. That's yeah. What, that's what keeps like keeps it. people engaged and and makes it makes it the industry that. It is. Yeah. Totally. So Morgan, you were alluding to before that it's not just the ropes team that, you know, you guys are sort of hiring and what like. Can you paint me a picture of what are some of the different roles within green infrastructure that work at Jungle Fire and at other companies that, you know, maybe someone who is an amenity horticulturist or a landscaper or something like that could transition into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like I sort of alluded to before, our team is is growing rapidly in lots of different directions. Uh, so we have, uh, as we've sort of discussed already, uh, the ropes, ropes teams, ropes technicians, which are scaling these projects and working on facades. Uh, we have trainee roles in our in our horticulture maintenance team as well, so apprenticeships and junior positions for people looking for a bit of a, a change in career and coming straight out of TAFE or, or other studies. Uh, senior positions in that same team, so our team leaders who are sort of making the decisions on the on, in the day to day and working through the 
you know, prioritizing tasks that need to happen on our projects, uh, right through to sort of full-time on-site, man- uh, on-site site managers, similar to the work that Ali's doing at OCP. So uh, a stationary team that's working in one location full-time. Mm. Uh, and then, I mean, that's all within the team that I manage, our maintenance team, and then external to that uh, in Jungle Fire proper. We're also, we've got a, a nursery team, uh, which are growing on all our plants and our modules at a, at a separate location. We've got logistics. Um, we've got a, a whole construction team as well that come in and actually build build all these, these projects and the infrastructure behind it. And then also sales roles, finance roles, that sort of stuff sitting sitting mm-hmm. behind back of house. Yeah. And then there'd also be someone else working at a different company who's doing the civil engineering. Then there's someone who's doing the landscape architecture and the design. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a very intricate uh, network of of roles across lots of lots of specialities and lots of industries, sort of all intermingled to to get these projects out into the world. Morgan, how many people are you guys employing at the moment? About forty. Oh, it's only forty. God, it sounded like yes. four thousand. It's <laughs> people. People are doing a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why. That's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, yeah. God, yeah. Okay, that's huge. So, who are you hiring for at the moment? So, you said you've got forty staff. Like, have you? Uh, you've got a few open positions, right? Uh yes, quite a few. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm our maintenance manager, so that's definitely my focus. Uh, but they're they're the roles that I'm sort of looking to fill, uh, and it is yeah, all those roles that I've just gone through, we're we're actively recruiting for at the moment. So our our, mm. our maintenance sites particularly are, are very rapidly expanding. We do have a lot of work uh, sitting there, so keen to get some um, enthusiastic people that, that want to learn our systems in, into the team and yeah, um, build build careers for those people. Mm. And what about you, Ali? What open positions does Sky Gardens Group have? At the moment, I'm really pleased to say that we've filled our level two rope tech position that we were after. Um, I no longer need to uh, borrow a level two person from Sky Five. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so we've just recently put on a recent um, graduate from Cert Three Parks and Gardens. So she's just start beginning to learn the ropes that we um, have here, mostly on the ground staff, but we'll also have her working safely at height. So she'll do that training through the Sky Five um, Academy, our parent company, um, and we'll do her training there. Um, we also have just put on a level two rope tech. So um, here at OCP, so One Central Park um, requires at least two people to be on ropes every day and we have, we, they need to be at least a level two, level three rope tech. So we've just filled that. Um, as we expand and grow, we're going to be wanting to put on apprentices who are horticulture, usually with a Cert 3 um, background. It's really what's been, I've found really interesting in the latest round of recruiting that we've had to do is who, what, like we have a dream person that we'd love to come through who's qualified in horticulture and who is, you know, really experienced with ropes. That person actually doesn't exist. So, <laughs> you know, you've got to get, you've got to get a balance. You've either got to get a person who isn't blind to greenery. Like I think that there's some really interesting people out there who don't actually notice um, plants mm. and then can differentiate between plants. I don't <laughs> understand that idea, but those people exist and unfortunately they're no use to me. So I need someone who has, you know, who you can see a plant, they can recognise it's different to the one that's next to it. I can then take them through if they're interested in keen, I can educate them in terms of um, 
the basics of pruning and care for those particular plants um, or you get someone who and then and they're a pro on the ropes or I get someone who is really into plants and I'm going to train them up so we'll do working safely at heights training at sky five then we're going to do a level one rope tech um, we use the Sprat system. So they'll be doing that training at Sky5. Then they'll move through that. You know, that's the way that I've got to do it. We've also got BMUs here, so building maintenance units are those big um, boxes on arms that go over the side of the building. Um, we get people into those. They only need to have a working safely at heights qualification for them to be able to work there. What about like arborists? Like um, I know that they're also in a skills shortage too, but would they be a good candidate? For us, we don't have a lot of tree work right now. I wouldn't say no to it in the future, but Jungle Fight, Morgan, do you have more of that kind of work? We do have a bit of tree work, yeah. We don't have any arborists on on our team uh, directly, but, I, I mean, I have an arborist background, cool. um, mm. but it's not something that we're sort of actively recruiting for at the moment. It's something that we generally outsource, uh, but someone who has that skill set would definitely, like like Ali sort of touched on, It's there's, uh, in this industry we're sort of looking at a Venn diagram with a very, very small sliver <laughs> in the crossover <laughs> of people that are, have this sort of working at heights background and this horticulture background. So there are some unicorns out there where those those that <laughs> those two circles sort of cross over a bit more. Mm, yeah. um, but generally, yeah, Ali's Ali's nailed it really, where you're sort of recruiting for one side or the other and then training in into the other the other realm. Um, so that's it. Someone who is an arborist who's, you know, looking maybe to get off the chainsaws and get off, off mm. the heavy tools. Mm. Uh, it's definitely a skill set that would probably transfer across quite well. Yeah. So I would urge listeners who are in TAFE or you know studying right now, or maybe you're in a different sector of horticulture. Check out the links in the show notes because you'll be able to follow those and apply for jobs with Jungle Fi and with Sky Gardens Group. So, yes, you know, uh, make sure you check that out because this is really the opportunity for you to upskill. And you've, here you have two employers literally telling you, hey, we want to <laughs> upskill you. You know, the, the person who we want doesn't exist. So we're going to turn you into that person. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. And it's that's a really exactly right. exciting industry. I think because it's in its infancy, we really do need to let people out there who are studying through TAFE or even, you know, year nine, year 10, who just can't wait to get out of school. This is an industry that will grow while we have things like the City of Sydney Greening Cities 2050 program that they're trying to bring in and into effect. They want people doing these jobs. You know, this is going to be a really growing industry and it's really exciting. We're both at the forefront of it as Sky Gardens Group and Jungle Fire and it's, and it's a great place to be. So mm. contact us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. No, contact us. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Contact, contact everybody. We're, we're all looking. Um, yeah, and there are. It, it is a career that you'd be contributing to. There is mm -hmm. a huge amount of work coming, and it, it is the future of our cities. I mean, uh, Jungle Fire's sort of tagline is Jungle Fire Our Cities, and that's really what we're going for, is just greening these spaces. Uh, and a lot of our clients and a lot of our projects, that's that's what's at the core of of, of the industry and, and, these, and these projects proper. It's, it is building the cities that we want to see in the future. And, and yeah, for someone coming into the industry, it's an incredibly uh, lucrative and optimistic uh, projection, I suppose. There's a lot there's a lot of work and there's, yeah, a, a career for people. Mm -hmm. Ali, did you have anything to say off the back of that? 
Oh, I just, I agree with Morgan. I just love it. I did just everything you say. Like, yeah, I agree, Morgan. It's true. It's a really, it's a really exciting industry and it does feel like we are right here on the precipice of something that is going to be huge. What I just want designers to keep doing is thinking about the maintenance crew the installations Mm. crew and how we're going to do this in a really efficient and practical way that's what i want Mm. yeah 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 for a focus a long time was on the building itself and the infrastructure and and you know that Mm. that side of things was where designers and architects were looking and i think it is we are seeing that shift towards yeah. considering what the what the plants actually need and what the people yes. that are working in these projects actually need. So we are we are starting to see that shift. And I mean that's that's also I, I alluded to earlier, these careers in green infrastructure and that's where they can go. I mean, you start off in Jungify on 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 ropes or on you know in the field on these projects. And there's nothing to say that you can't build that career where you are then sitting in a design council or, you know, in an architectural firm actually directly informing I agree. The, the construction of these projects, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it can expand out in any number of directions, uh, yeah. a career in green infrastructure. I think so. You're right. So it's an area that's not getting smaller, it's getting larger, <laughs> and currently there aren't enough people coming in. So yes, exactly. it sounds like it's a really, um, you know, if you really want to be a pioneer in this space, like this would be where you'd go into, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect way of summarizing it, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ali, can you please tell us about One Central Park? Can you tell us about that project? Yes, Daniel. One Central Park was that iconic first of its kind building that went up almost 10 years ago, 2013 it was finished, on the site of the old Carlton United Breweries um, beer manufacturers right here on Broadway at Central. It's a building that covers a two blocks. Um, It's grown from that point too. But one central park effectively is a 130-metre building, the East Tower, next to a 16-storey, can't remember what that converts to, um, West Tower building with a big heliostat mirrored thing in the middle, um, which is quite iconic. You can't miss it. The building's also covered in planter boxes the entire way around it. Um, And then these green walls, um, there's about uh, 24 green walls that, you know, it's a whole alphabet covers plenty of square meterage of the building. Um, It was designed by, it was a Fraser's build, um, designed by a company over, uh, architects over in um, France. And the big ticket excitement was that um, Patrick Blanc, uh, incredible botanist and green wall creator from Europe, was going to um, clad these green walls in beautiful plants. Um, that he was using a technique that he uses in Europe that's really quite effective with a couple of layers of felt, um, so on and so forth, um, which was the first iteration of green infrastructure in Australia, I would say. Morgan, you can, you know, agree with me or not here, but no one else was doing it. No one was doing it on this scale. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so now we're 10 years into it. Um, there are issues with the building. I think that the scale of it um, uh, was probably really uh, optimistic. There's another word that I can't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was um, – it's been interesting. It's been interesting to, to work on it. It's uh, Right now we're working with building maintenance guys who have been here for about five years and um, – and they're great. 
there's there's issues every day. I mean, of course, with a building of this size, particularly the building that's 130 metres tall, um, irrigation has been key and the way that that's delivered to the plants on every level has been key. There's a pump room down in the basement. Um, we use recycled water for two-thirds of the watering of this building um, and they all come through and then a third of it, sorry, is potable that's delivered from the city of Sydney, I mean, Sydney water every day. Um, it, it's, it comes with issues. Like it was the first of its kind. I think that if we go all the way back, the installation of the irrigation was done by a grounds landscaping company, which I think was one of the first problems. Um, it's led to treating the building like it was flat in the installation mm. of the irrigation as well as the computer software that program that's used to run it, which is effectively for golf courses. Um, it, it's it's led to it's led to issues. I mean, you you don't come to work at One Central Park, or you do come to work at Cent One Central Park with no knowledge of irrigation. You're going to learn how to how to solve irrigation problems very quickly. Uh -huh. um, so so that to me is something that keeps us very busy day to day. Thankfully, one of my ropies is also a plumber. Is also a Cert Three <laughs> Parks and Gardens guy. He's just all over. Um, the irrigation side of things, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a big site. We have some really beautiful grounds gardens um, that are able to be accessed because it's also a retail centre, um, able to be accessed and seen. There's a really beautiful indoor area that's also um, landscaped beside escalators inside the building and in, in the retail area, so people can visit it. The grounds are really great because it's residential and retail and open to the public. I we just have so many people walking through it. So it's a really busy site for all of the um, grounds, gardens. Um, you know, I've always got a couple of people working in there. It's busy. There's a lot of rubbish around. There's a lot of dogs that jump in and out of gardens. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Memories. Memories. I remember these challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dogs. Um, yeah, the dogs are a nightmare. They really are. <laughs> So you've got this guy on now who's creating, you know, solutions for you. This this guy who's got the right background in, you know, parks and gardens and plumbing. So he's your mm. irrigation guy. And I think that that is one of the benefits of working in a, you know, challenging workplace is that it really stretches you. So you're not just filling in, you're not coloring by number. You're really using everything that you've learned in your studies and in your experience yeah. throughout the rest of your trade. And you're bringing you've got to bring that value to your employer because suddenly that gives you an opportunity to step up and you're the person for whatever that is. Oh, yeah. Every day here is problem solving, which mm -hmm. is what I love. It's what keeps me interested. No day is the same. Every day I've got to figure something out or we've got to come up with a solution that's going to be cost-effective, solve the problem, put the fire out, get mm -hmm. get things back to some kind of beautiful ah, situation that we can walk away from at the end of the day knowing that we've done a good day's work. Yeah. So, Morgan, can you tell us about your role within green infrastructure? Like what are the challenges and what are the rewards of working where you are? You know, I guess you're not in the ivory tower, but you are overseeing what's going on. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, my role with Jungle Fine and within Green Infrastructure is sort of sitting uh, across all of our projects uh, around the country and sort of jumping in from one issue to the next and jumping in with one team uh, to the next. So conversely to Ali working at that one project that is just across many different projects and many different project types around the country. Uh, and my role sits with um, both assisting with our fill teams and actually being out on the tools myself uh, right through to consulting on some of our design projects uh, and uh feedback into the wider industry and, and our wider team as well. Yeah, well said. So Ali, what do most people not know about working with green infrastructure? I think the most important thing about understanding green infrastructure is the level of complexity that's involved in getting something right and then um, maintaining that through a lifespan. Um, so, so it's not just throwing plants into soil um, putting some water on them, fertilising and walking away. With green infrastructure, we look at from the media that we put into a planter box um, to the soil choice to the geotextile fabric that we need to use to uh, the media that we're putting into a green wall system, um, the irrigation that we're setting up and the way that we're making these plant-covered buildings work, it's not simple. So mm -hmm. it's it's the, just the fact that if you want it, we can do it and we love making these things happen. <laughs> but you have to, the mate, I, I feel like there's this lack of continuity when we think about the maintenance of these, of these plants and these beautiful green infrastructure walls or planter boxes or green roofs in whichever way that they're coming, they need to be maintained. That's usually a human mm -hmm. being involved in that project um, and paying attention to plants. So I just think that it's complex to begin with. It then needs, consideration needs to be given to a maintenance budget and the ongoing longevity of the plants and garden itself. I think you're right, Ali. I mean, I, I would say the same thing. I think that's the, you've covered most of the issues that people would sort of encounter when coming into green infrastructure. And I think it's important to sort of say that it is still a relatively new industry. Mm. Uh, a lot of the challenges that you sort of went through with OCP, they're applicable to to lots of lots of projects. I mean, a, a lot of these are sort of innovated on the, on the go. Uh, mm. And that does mean that there are challenges, uh, enduring challenges that come through with time that maybe mm. people didn't foresee when they were, you know, building these projects out for the first time or, or innovating with a new approach to, to building these buildings and projects. So it is, it is incredibly complicated. The systems are, are very challenging and difficult and it does require uh, a very broad range of skills and, and uh, yeah, the right, the right people to sort of hmm. fit into those, into those roles. So we've got the right plant, the right place for the right reason with the right aftercare by the right people. 100%. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Right on. Yeah. We've, we've both said they're complicated and, yeah, they are. Yeah, specialised teams with complicated projects. And yeah. There's a lot to learn and a lot to, to pick up on. Totally. I think a lot of the time, you know, people, particularly home gardeners, you know, we're really passionate about it and, you know, our lettuces are going fine in, in just whatever potting mix we had in there and, you know, but then a horticulturist would know, yeah, but it could be growing better or, you know, mm. yes, but you look at the way that this is searching for the sunlight, it's etiolating, like that's not ideal. We don't really want that. And I think what, Ali, you said before about uh, people don't see the plants, I heard this concept, it's the green mm. wall. 
Now, that's probably the wrong term in this context, but (laughs) um, what people see is a green wall. It's just an ambiguous shape of green and they don't really see what they're looking at. And until you start learning the specifics of, you know, okay, well, this plant has a leaf shape like that. This is what, you know, um, necrosis looks like. We don't want these dead branches in there. Until you start really noticing it, you can't even see what you're looking at. Mm. It's true. It's it's. An interesting, it's an interesting biology in some humans. I just don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I find it really, I find it fascinating. I don't, it didn't, I didn't, I mean, I grew up with a mother who was a horticulturalist and so plant names were um, part of a language that she spoke to me from a very early age. But regardless of, and probably actually it's highly influenced by her, but regardless of this stuff, I was interested, I love plants, I love greenery, mm. I want to see things, I want to understand what they are and, yeah, this has got nothing to do with green infrastructure, but yeah. <laughs> bio bio blindness. I don't know. I've heard it. We should not yeah, know yeah. what it is. I mean, like in a, in a backward in a backwards kind of way, it's what you want. I mean, it, it's people have this. You've sort of mentioned a couple of, of issues that might develop on green walls, Daniel, with necrosis and mm. things. And it is sometimes people only see the green wall once it starts to deteriorate or age, and and those things become visible. So in in a backwards way, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, blindness to the to the green wall, as you call it, is maybe a good thing. <laughs> um, sure. We, yeah. it, it means that it's been maintained and it's looking good, right? It means yeah. that it can sort of blend into its surroundings a little bit. Um, and it can do its job, right? It can do its job of providing exactly. providing yeah. some kind of uh, landscape uh, homes for little insects, birds. You know, it's still it's still doing its job environmentally while other people don't even notice what's going 100%. on. Great. Yeah. 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 So we've come to the end of the episode. I always like to ask guests one final question. Now, it doesn't have to be on topic. What else would you like the listeners to know about? Who wants to go first? Okay. So uh, for me, Jungle Fight, the, the big draw card of working at Jungle Fight is, is the research that, that we do. We, we partner with uh, the University of Technology, Sydney, uh, and some of our uh, with Australia's leading uh, research scientists uh, in terms of plants and green infrastructure. Uh, and it's we as Jungle Fire actually has the uh, the largest volume of peer reviewed research in the world on on green walls. So uh, oh, wow. there's a as and as we've sort of covered earlier, there's our we really rely on our people in the field and, and our our staff that are out doing this work to to contribute to this body of research. Uh, a lot of our products are, are very innovative. We we have an R and D team uh, that are focused just on bringing through new projects, and a lot of a lot of what gets captured in that in that research and development process actually is based on direct feedback from our field staff. So, even in the the eighteen months that I've been uh, in this role with Jungle Five, I've seen quite a few new products come through that I've had a hand in developing, and and uh, the staff in our team have, have directly contributed to really quite uh, clever advancements in that technology. So awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's a really big benefit uh, to work with Jungle Fire and something that is rewarding uh, definitely professionally and also just, uh, you know, outside of work. It's it's great to know that you're contributing to uh, technology that is actively cleaning our spaces and greening our spaces, uh, removing pollutants from the air, sort of um, filtering carbon dioxide and, and, yeah, doing doing good things for the world. It's actually Greening, greening our cities in, and cleaning our cities in the way that we hope plants and horticulture would. Love that sentiment for your closing thoughts. That's awesome. So what about you, Ali? What else would you like the listeners to know about? Uh, okay. Um, 
All right, so, uh, so Guide Gardens Group is a small company. We have the benefit of um, not there not being very many people with us right now. Um, at our lead, we have Chris Allison, who's from City Forest, who combined with Sky with Sky Five to create Sky Gardens Group and get this maintenance contract. He's got about thirty years in the in hydroponics green infrastructure world. And so we're backed with a lot of experience. Alongside Chris, my team of now seven um, contains really passionate, motivated, energetic humans who are all collectively very excited about growing Sky Gardens Group. Um, we are just going to get bigger. And um, the beauty of being small right now is that I not only get to manage this team, I get to design new plantings that we're putting in I'm going out to new sites and getting new work and it is um, a growing and very exciting company and I feel very free to create a role here that um, is going to satisfy me and my output and my work life and I'm very much sharing that with the other people in my team. So, yeah, that's about all. Love it. So make sure you head over to hortpeople.com and check out all the jobs on display. And there will be links in the show notes directly to jobs with Sky Gardens Group and also JungleFi. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Amazing. Daniel. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Great episode. Thank you both. Thank you very much. Cool. I can't wait to hear it. The perfect green infrastructure technician isn't born. They're made. Junglify are hiring at the moment and they're willing to train you with a completely new set of skills to complement the ones you've already gained in your career this far. Whether your background is in landscape construction, garden maintenance, parks and gardens, or a related sector of the industry. Sky Gardens Group aren't hiring at the moment, but they're up on Hort People too, so keep an eye out for new jobs in the future. Check the show notes to browse jobs on hortpeople.com once you finish whatever you're up to right now. Your dream job is just a couple of clicks away. <laughs>